All right, this is Down by the Bank, an unofficial Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, episode one. I'm Corey. And this is Derek. We're just going to be talking today about this podcast and the Jaguars' first preseason game versus the Jets. So, Derek, what do you have going on this weekend? Wedding planning. It's consuming my life. It's exciting. Killing the budget or no? Uh, she's got control of it. Okay. She's doing good. Okay, well, good. I won't say that. She, she's doing a really good job. That's good, and I think uh, my invitation should be in the mail, hopefully, uh, coming up soon. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Give me your address when I ask you for it, so we'll have to see. I can double check on that. <laughs> All right. Um, and as far as my weekend, I, I did run the uh, Jag Stadium 5K Challenge. Um, completely embarrassed myself. Uh, I haven't done any kind of long running like that in probably a year or two. And you add in the fact that they had you running up and down the ramps. Um, I feel like total crap today. So uh, my nine-year-old completely outdid me, but it was okay. I just, I got to get back to that. But they do have something called the uh, stadium, I think stash coming up. It's another 5k. So if you're interested, maybe we both can do it. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to see. Definitely. Uh, I need to lose some LBs so they can't hurt. I can't hurt at all. Yep. So just kind of a, about the podcast, um, you know, it is a, uh, a Jacksonville Jaguars podcast, unofficial from a fan's perspective. You know, we're not writers, uh, bloggers, etc. Um, as far as the name down by the bank, um, Derek, if you just want to kind of explain where we got that name from. Well, yeah, you know, uh, you know we're both in the banking industry. So that's the uh, when we came up with this idea. So it kind of fits well. Also, the stadium for now is Everbank Field, and if you're a uh, lifelong Jacks residents like we have been, uh, you know that the stadium kind of sits on the riverbank of the St. John's River because the river banks to the left, uh, right where the stadium sits, so you know it kind of fits well. So down by the bank, uh, we all know is a popular children's game from ages five or six, but... <laughs> You know, it'd be a pretty cool podcast name. So. Yeah, I think it kind of plays off Down by the River, the Otis Redding song, too, personally. Yeah. Like, if I, if I could secure the rights to that as our opening theme song, I definitely would. But we need to raise about $2 million, I think. Uh, no, that, they can have it. It's okay. Yeah, well, we'll probably start a GoFundMe page after this episode. So if you guys can contribute, that would be great. Um, but as far as Everbank Field, I think, what is it going to be? Uh, TIA Field coming up? Who knows? <laughs> They might as well just call it Cotton's Field. You know, yeah. Just, just ditch the whole sponsorship and just have Con put his name on it. Yeah. Well, He's, you know, turning the city around. It's a, it's a great atmosphere and a great uh, to be a, a Jags fan, to have an owner that's behind the team and really not only trying to improve the team, but improve the city, you know. So right. I, I would go with Con Stadium. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. I mean, I think him, and I've said this before to many people, I think him and uh, Mark Lamping are probably, and I think Lamping's underrated, personally, the guy that came from the St. Louis Cardinals. I think they are the greatest thing to ever happen to Jacksonville. Um, I was actually talking to some people last night about the amphitheater and everything they're going to build this offseason. And in the 5K, we ran through the new club section, which was awesome. Um, so it's definitely pretty exciting. In terms of financial news, that is uh, the, what I was referring to and what he was referring to. Everbank was bought by TIAA, so uh, I don't think they're going to keep the Everbank name based on what I'm reading, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think the sponsorship for the naming rights stays on for a couple years, because um, I think Altel was on there even after they became AT&T or Singular or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. But, um, so just a little background information, um, you know, for myself, uh, I've you know, lived in Jacksonville my whole life. Um, I've been a Jaguars fan since I was a little kid. Uh, I was briefly a New York Jets fan when I was little because I loved the show Wonder Years and Kevin wore that Jets jacket all the time. And so I, I thought I was a Jets fan when I was younger. Came to my senses, became a Jaguars fan. Probably uh, when I was really getting into it was around the 98-99 season uh, back in the, in the heyday when they were killing it. Um, and so... Uh, been a fan ever since, growing up with it. I've uh, got my daughter growing up as a fan, which is exciting. Um, in terms of other sports, baseball, Oakland A's, uh, basketball, Philadelphia 76ers, really weird, I know, but I'm into the sports analytics uh, statistics stuff. And uh, speaking of cons, that's why I follow t Tony Khan's Twitter page like crazy. 
Um, but yeah, any any background information you want to give them on yourself, Derek? Yeah, so uh, definitely grew up a Cowboys fan. Uh, love watching Emmitt Smith, although he's a Gator, um, and uh, <laughs> just just really liked the Cowboys growing up. Really loved the Cowboys, but you can only take so much Jerry Jones, uh, you know. So that started about the you know the '98 season. Just had uh, you know had enough. And, you know, if I'm going to switch teams, which you don't do in sports, but, you know, I am from Jacksonville, so you got to go with the hometown. I think I get a I get a, 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 a pass because I grew up in Jacks. Uh, so uh, definitely uh, now just a Jags fan. Uh, just But love the game of football, love watching it, love uh, seeing the breakdown of it, love discussing it with friends and uh, getting everyone's opinion. It's great to, to do that. Uh, and I did mention since, you know, a Gator, so I am not a Gator. I am a Seminole. So for those that, you know, hopefully we get some comments on the Facebook page, uh, you know, we, we can have a little uh, little friendly uh, trash talk about this uh, upcoming college football season, too. Yeah, there you uh, go. Definitely. We're 100% Jags fans here. Okay. And it sounds like we're both, uh, since we both became fans around 98, 99, hardcore, uh, pretty much bandwagon fans is what we'd have to say about that. <laughs> No, I, I really believe I get a pass because the fact that Jerry Jones basically drove the Cowboys into the ground, yeah. and the fact that he just, he, you know, a GM or a coach, you stick with your team, but if the owner's the problem, then you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it's just, I really I really enjoy watching the Jags anyway, so I, uh, I definitely, definitely never will root for the Cowboys again. Yeah, and I think we get passes just in general for kind of sticking through the Gene Smith and uh, part of the Jack Del Rio era to get to where we're at now, the early Gus Bradley years. So uh, I think uh, I think we're okay. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have uh, pretty much weekly episodes during the season. We'll probably try to record on the weekend. Um, we both have really busy schedules during the week, so it can be kind of tough. Um, but we'll see how it progresses. You know, if there's some crazy breaking news uh gus bradley gets fired or some crazy event happens you know maybe we'll record after that but for the most part probably weekly um so we'll definitely look forward to that but just kind of for the first topic just to kind of get into things uh for this first episode we did have the jags first preseason game just a couple days ago um we're recording on sunday the game was on thursday um so kind of the and i'll be honest because I'm a little bit more glass half full, naive football fan from the couple of drives that I watched in the game, the condensed version of the game on NFL.com. I'm pretty sure we're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure. Oh, hold on. Hold on now. Let's, uh, I love the team, but you know, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's an uphill battle, but we can only go up. And, uh, you know, I got to, a lot of the, the, the comments I see on social media from friends that I, I know are very serious uh, Jags fan. One in particular, you know, the the, the consistent comment is iron sharp, sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of iron out there. We got a lot of pieces. But we got to put it together and turn it into an anvil. And then, you know, once we put it together, then I don't think, you know, the Jags can be stopped. But they got to figure it out. They, they got to figure it out, but the uh, the beginning of the game definitely, you know, showed some uh, promise. They got off and started off fast, like they wanted to. Uh, were able to do some things, and uh, definitely it's exciting. Um, but yeah, so the the what was the, the score was like seventeen thirteen, and you know, who, who really cares about the first preseason game? They're right. just going out there to work out to really get the timing down. Right, that's the biggest thing is the timing and not beating up on each other, but actually getting a chance to beat up on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, um, the the starters definitely played well. Yeah, I would say, I mean, the score when the starters were in, again, this is why I say, and I don't even know how good the Jets' defense is, honestly. I mean, i got to do a little bit more research on that sort of stuff, but it was just smooth. I mean, I felt like, especially if, uh, and we'll get into the offense and defense uh, in particular, but that, that touchdown drop, by uh, Thomas, some say Bortles threw it incorrectly. We'll we'll look at that, but um, you know we really should have been up. What was it, fourteen zero when the starters came out? So pretty good. But we're probably just going to mostly uh, focus on the starters more so than the uh, backups. And my thing on that is the later parts of the game. 
it seems like every year there's always like one star guy in the second half of the games that gets like six sacks in the preseason and he gets tons of hype and then he ends up getting cut. So I don't really, I mean, if you have any little tidbits here and there as we go through these that you want to bring out, um, I tend not to focus on those too much. Um, although it did seem like the, the backup quarterback, uh, the, the guy we just drafted, he didn't seem too bad. Yeah, you know, there were some definitely some good uh, some good plays late. The, the last drive of the game was exciting. I mean, um, he, he definitely uh, had the team going. Um, and it's funny because he, uh, Brandon Allen, right. QB, he uh, down in the they, – they got him down to the red zone with like 17 seconds left. And if it wasn't a preseason game, they could have definitely called pass interference because the guy definitely face-guarded the receiver. Right. So, which means that the DB did not turn around and play the ball. He played the man, and you can't do that. You got to play the ball, and because um, all he did was stick his hands up and had one hand in his face, and he was pushing them down with the other hand mm. before the ball got there. But because it's a preseason game, who cares? And of course, Jags luck. The ball gets tipped, kicked up in the air, and intercepted. So, yeah. At the end of the game, but still, you know, it takes grit to run a two-minute drill. In any NFL situation, uh, and, and, and to have a chance to, you know, put points on the board, you know, that's what it's all about in preseason is to put drives together. Right. You know, my opinion, uh, but it, it, you know, it's uh, the, the starters, like you said, the, the fourteen uh, nothing uh, start that we could have had. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into that here in a second, but you know, hey, first game, man, let's let's get the bugs out. Let's get it out now. We got. We had old A. Aaron coming to town on September 11th, so we have to be ready. So let's get it out now. <laughs> right. Well, and speak. So it's Braden Allen, 10 of 19, 138 yards. Uh, had the interception, I guess. But I, I was actually following the second half on Twitter. Um, I was out of town for work, and yeah, that even through Twitter, that last drive was pretty intense. Just kind of following it tweet by tweet, and I was pretty bummed out that he threw the pick. Um, either way, I mean, it's it's fine. But the offense, um, especially. Um, going back to that, Yeldon, the combination of TJ Yeldon and Ivory. Uh, what do you think about those guys? Because it seemed like every time they got the ball, they were just, you know, bursting through the hole right up the middle, getting big chunks and big gains. Ivory is going to be exactly what we need. Uh, go back to last year, forget which game it is, but I think we had like a first and goal at the two. They brought in Toby Gearhart. And in four runs or three runs, we got zero yards. It's not going to happen with Chris Ivory. Uh, I'm not going to say that, oh, he's going to get in the end zone every time, but he's going to at least move the chin, the ball forward. Right. Uh, very tough, very uh, very nosy, looks for contact. Uh, and he's got some de- deceptive speed, too, so it's not like he's just a big bowling guy. Right. Um, and then with Yeldon, you know, he, he's, he's a, a proven back, an all-around back. He'll definitely be a, a legit uh, complement uh, to uh, Chris Ivory and vice versa for Chris Ivory to yield him. Uh, in today's NFL, you need two running backs. It's rare now where you have just the one stud. There aren't that many APs in the world, uh, so if at all, right uh, nowadays in the NFL. So, um, yeah, it'll definitely be exciting to have two running backs back there to have confidence in either one on either down. You know when we're when when the, when the offense has the ball. Yeah, seems like lightening the load like that on each of them individually will cut back on injuries too, which is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, did, speaking of Toby Gerhardt, did you see that tweet? Somebody took a picture of him watching the game at Sneakers in Jacksonville Beach. Oh, that's not that's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. So uh, you know, hey, you wish him the, the best. You don't wish you know negative. Uh, uh, negative things. Hey, hey, he got he got a chance to play in the National Football League, so hey, that that's uh, uh, proven a uh, you know good uh, good player in, in itself. But just you know, just didn't work out. So yeah, I'm not so much worried about that. I'm worried about where he's going. Sneakers in Jack's Beach is kind of gross now, right? I mean, shouldn't he like he made a lot of money? Um, so the tandem of those two, that seems like I mean, based on what you saw, that's that's probably going to be heading into the season with those two guys, kind of 1A and 1B, you would say, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, seems like, you know, they were, Mortals made a comment during one interview this past week that uh, Ivory was catching the ball well out of the backfield, too. 
Uh, no, we know Yellen can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, so it'll definitely be a 1A, 1B. Probably the only thing I would say that would separate Ivory over Yeldon, uh, besides the running styles, because they both have different kind of running styles, but the fact that Ivory is a better pass blocker. Hmm. So Bortles did a lot of audibling. Uh, he checked a lot of routes on that first preseason game, and and you definitely have to have a back that can you know pick up for you. Um, yeah, when you when you scan or shift the line to the left or to the right, if you got a blitzer coming down, a dog coming down on the backside, you know you definitely need that uh, that back that can that can chip or knock somebody or push them, do whatever you got to do so you Bortles doesn't take a hit. Okay. Well, what about where does not to get into the second half of the game or the later second quarter um, past the starters? But Denar Robinson does he fit into that at all anymore? You think? Um. It's going to be tough. He's definitely got to earn his stripes and make the team now. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, I, I would think he's going to be the the uh, the third back. Uh, he he did pretty well too. Obviously, like I said, it's first preseason game. Mm-hmm. But the Jags looked like they were able to run the ball. You know, the, the Jets starters were in just as long. But uh, Denard Robinson played a lot of second quarter, most of the second half, uh, and they put Grant in too. The problem is, do you carry four running backs on the on the on the final depth chart? Because although you have Denard Robinson at third, you know Grant runs a four-two or a four-three. Hmm. Can't reproduce that kind of speed, so that's why they want to keep him. Right. Um. So that's that's a that's a question. Do you carry four running backs? Um. I think they did last year, so I think they're probably going to do it again this year. But you know, we'll see. Right, and I know Corey Grant specifically. He's a analytics favorite. Uh, I know Tony Khan had picked him out specifically in that draft. Um, I think we picked him up as a undrafted free agent. But um, yeah, they both seem like they have similar skill sets, and Yeldon and Ivory similar as well. So we'll have to see how that plays out. What about the uh, and the, the statistics look ridiculous on on the fact that it's just two series, but Bortles and Allen Robinson, you know, Bortles 6 to 7, 105 yards, A-Rob 3 receptions, 80 yards, 26.7 average, long of 45 and ridiculous highlight catches uh, almost every time. Um they're pretty much just going to put up the same crazy numbers they did last season, you're thinking, right? Yeah, yeah, and as much as I enjoy a high-flying attack and you know, Allen Robinson's definitely coming into his own. He's coming to his own last year, making a Pro Bowl, and now he's you know getting it even better. Uh, him and Bortles definitely have that chemistry going. Um, but the thing about it is, like I said, first preseason game, and the fact that you know don't think the rest of the league, especially the teams we have to play, doesn't notice this. Right. They're gonna start doubling down on them now, and that's where your Hearns, Thomas's. Shar Greens, Walters, you got to come in, step up, Marquise Lee, and make the plays because they're gonna they're, they're gonna start noticing that because on those comeback routes he ran a, a, a bunch of deep comeback routes. Those are all timing, especially on the back shoulder, um, and those back shoulder throws too, where you don't even come back, you just you know you keep going, and you just turn. And Bortles had the ball on the money every time, and then even if he didn't have it on the money, if it was a little off. Robinson's six three, right? Four, I don't know, two hundred twenty pounds. He's definitely uh, going to go get the ball, and so you know, great job. You can tell, you can definitely tell they've been throwing together in off season, whether it's California or here somewhere. Who knows? But they've definitely been working in off season because you don't just have that type of timing. Uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Right. I guess that's the question for this season is the same strategy from last season with the deep ball, is that going to continue to work? Because I remembered uh, in this past off season, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Jonah Carey's podcast, uh, Tony Khan was on there saying that they considered the deep pass and the way they had, you know, used the passing game last season to be undervalued. And then a lot of teams have went away from that. And so they were starting to aggressively pass deep uh, to take advantage of that. And now you wonder season later, you know, all this stuff on tape, um, our defense is going to be able to adjust to that, and what are we going to do about it? You know, so I, maybe maybe Julius Thomas's uh, emergence 
not to say he played bad last season, but I'm sure you expected much more. Uh, maybe his emergence this year will help balance that a little bit. Yeah, it, it will. The the uh, and I, as as I've been saying to you, and I'd like to you know, to tell to all the the other fans out there, we have to run the ball. We won't win without running the football. It's just what it is. It, you know, uh, Denver won the Super Bowl because they ran the football and they had good defense, not because of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was a shell of himself. Not every team has Tom Brady on it, so they can't throw the ball, you know, 20 times, you know, or 50 times and, and win the game. Um, but you have to run the football. If you look at, uh, let's say, for instance, the team we played last uh, or played the first game of the season, Green Bay, they got Aaron Rodgers, top three quarterback in the league. Yeah, he had his best receiver out, but you know why they struggled? Because they couldn't run the ball. Because right. Eddie Lacy was 40 pounds of fried chicken. <laughs> Uh, they couldn't run the ball. You got to run the ball. Well, I know it's not sexy and it's not great. You know, it's not that highlight. But for those 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 true fans out there that, that love the game, and there's a bunch of us out there, run, run, run. And when we run the ball, that will open up those deep shots down the field for a Rob, for Alan Hearns, and those those really deep seam uh, balls for. Um, for Julius Thomas, because you got to get those linebackers moving forward. Because if they if they're able to just sit back, then they, you know, we'll win some, but we're going to lose a lot. You're going to lose in 18 interceptions. Hey, I'll take it for 31 touchdown passes. Right. And hopefully he, he shortens that number. Uh, he gets it down, and I think he will. I, I really do. Um, but it's not going to be. Oh, he only threw two this season, and you know that not everybody can do that. So. Right. So, side note, you're more of the run to pass philosophy versus pass to run. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's going to end up happening is our passing game is going to open up the running game because I think teams are aware. Right. And free safeties will step back, and strong safeties, although they some play more towards the line, they will go back to try and help out and take away those deep shots down the field. That is where Chris Ivory will be really coming into play for us because he will punish those, uh, once you get past the line, those safeties and linebackers, they're going to have to start running back up. That's the whole idea. Get them stepping forward first. Right. Then we can go over top. So however it works, run to pass, pass to run, as long as we can do both and do them effectively, especially in the red zone, Right. we should be good. Yeah balanced approach well but we'll say marquise lee again not to harp on uh second half uh and second quarter stuff but at the same time i mean he was in there a little bit with henny um he looked pretty good i mean four receptions 49 yards you think he'll finally be able to break free from the uh, injury plagues that he's had and maybe be a contributor somebody find him a aerobics instructor (laughs) plyometric uh, Remember T.O. used to work with those bands on the sidelines? Yeah. Keep his muscles, you know, get him, you know, something. Get him with the Jamaican sprinters, uh, <laughs> Olympics right now. I don't know. Just get that man's hamstrings right so he can be on the field and be productive. Because as you can see, when healthy, he's not a bad player. He's a good player. Right. Uh, you know, and he's definitely, he, he's, he's playing for a spot too because, you know, you got two capable guys behind him. Rashard Green uh, definitely is a very good receiver. You know, rookie year he did drop a couple balls. I remember at the first game, but you know, you're a rookie, so you know, so what? You know, he's a learning curve. He, he's definitely going to do a lot better. And then uh, the uh, Walters uh, is uh, really, really good too. I mean, he's you know capable third receiver going in between the. The, the hashes being that slot guy, so right, you know, there you got three guys fighting for one position, and that's what you know. Uh, that's what Gus Bradley has kind of created is, is, is competition. Competition. Say it again. Iron sharpens iron. So you know, when you create competition, the guys are going to work harder to, to to get there to earn their spot. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of us arguing over good players fighting for roster positions, and not how it was a couple years ago. So that's kind of exciting, actually. Um, so the, the touchdown miss Bortles to Julius Thomas, I mean, I read something this morning, uh, Bortles, I guess, takes pretty much all the blame for that. And I think most of the writers out there and and people that were watching, again, I didn't see it live. I was following through Twitter. 
um, initially, but uh, looked like it was maybe behind him a little bit. Uh, okay, so here, here's what, what happened. A defensive lineman, and I think it was uh, Leonard Williams, uh, he's, a, he's, a big, he's a big guy, I think I'm pretty sure it was, but don't quote me on that. Uh, somebody got their paws up. Defensive lineman got up. Bortles was going to throw it. It was definitely a timing route, and the timing got distracted. So Bortles kind of stepped over. You know, he's a Bortles a big guy, so he can see see over the line, and he threw it kind of low. And he did that for two reasons: one, the defensive lineman jumped up and almost swatted it down, and two, if it sailed on him, it could have been a pick because there was a safety right behind him. So. What, what quarterbacks are taught, throw it to a space where only your guy can get it. If he doesn't get it, it's incomplete. Right. So that's what he did. Julius Thomas is not 5'10". He's 6'5", or 6'6". So he has to <laughs> go down and get the ball. Right. He, he dropped it. All right. So one, yeah, because he's an all-pro tight end, yeah, he should have caught the ball because not every throw is going to be perfect. But at the same time, again, it's the first preseason game. Right. Let's not get all bent out of shape. Yeah, I mean, I was I was wondering, like, uh, should we cut Thomas? I mean, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. like, But I will say that, um, you know, it is the first preseason game, and maybe it's a sign of Bortles being a little bit more risk-averse uh, as opposed to last season with all the interceptions. Maybe he's been taught a little bit more and where to throw and to hit certain spots because – and I don't want to say take away from his gunslinger mentality. You know, a lot of people say that. But at the same time, maybe it's not a bad thing to have an incompletion versus an interception in the red zone. It's, uh, what is it they say? Uh, touchdown or check down mm-hmm. in the red zone is what they, what they, what they teach. And, uh, you know, they went for the touchdown. Uh, the one thing that is, is uh, now we're uh, looking at Bortles here is just, those interceptions or turnovers in the red zone, those are, are momentum killers. Those are morale killers. Uh, those are something that they're definitely addressing. You know, just like they, they uh, apparently early in practice, you know, he threw two picks right at the first start right. of 11 on 11, 11 on 11. And, you know, why he threw those two picks? Because they're working on it. They're addressing it. They're trying to figure it out so that come September 11th, you know, come 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 Green Bay, they can have it and and know what to do. And that's where the running game is going to definitely help us. And with the running game, you know, comes the offensive line. And, you know, the right side of the line played pretty good. You know, we had we had a lot of penalties. I think we had like twelve penalties. I don't know if all of them were on the offensive line. I don't think so. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we gotta we gotta clean up those penalties. And, uh, you know, Gus Bradley said, and Coach said that they were going to, you know, clean them up. And, you know, hey, get get the kinks out now. Iron them all out and get them squared away. So, right. Um, I don't know, man. That field goal, though, by Myers on that on that drive, ugh, I don't know. I mean, he got some praise about making those field goals in that game. He didn't miss any. But every time he kicks a field goal, something seems off about it. I mean, that guy. He's got, he's got a little bit of a hook. And plus, I think it's just jitters from last year <laughs> for the fact that we're used to it not going in. So you assume it's not going to go in. Yeah. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Who was, uh, who was the kicker? Was it – who's the guy? Wasn't it a Florida State guy, the kicker that was picked high up and got missed an extra point in his first kick? Ryan, yeah. He <laughs> missed that extra point. He didn't miss a kick within 40 yards his whole career in college. And, of course, he misses one. Uh, although he is an FSU guy, I am completely against drafting the kicker in the second round. Yeah. Uh, as T- Tampa can do that, we'll see them this week. Uh, so yeah, I know they got the scrimmages and, and uh, they obviously the, the game, but um, yeah, that that oh well, you know, yeah, r- rookie lessons and hopefully he does well because if not, then that GM's really going to get it down there for taking a kicker in the second round. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm pretty much pro kicker with high draft picks. I mean, Brian Anger, he's playing really well. Oh, wait, he is not on the team anymore. Good. That's great. We'll have to do a show and uh, go down the list. A buddy of mine and I went down the list of pro bowlers and leading tacklers that were drafted after anger that are (laughs) and it's the list is pretty big so yeah and i like how there's like this like theme i don't know if it's real but on twitter and articles about how there might be 
like a competition between the two punters on the team. Like, Nortman's definitely playing, okay? They just signed him from the Panthers and gave him a good amount of money. Like, so just stop talking about punters, okay? Yeah. Um, but the uh, offensive line, uh, Bortles was sacked one time, uh, I think by Leonard Williams. Um, and it appears, and I'm not some play-by-play guru or anything, but it was given up by uh, Shatley. Um, yeah. So, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but for the most part, seemed like they played relatively well. Uh, Bradley praised Jokel's performance and, uh, and you know, seems like there might be some hope. Yeah, no. Um, Jokel actually played really good. Uh, again, I'm going to keep saying it, only the first preseason game, so let's not, you know, jump to conclusions. But right. uh, he, he definitely, he, he played, I mean, he's just got to get a main streak to him. Um, and that sack that was given up, uh, you know, it's going to happen. Um, definitely that left side of the line is what needs to be addressed. Uh, most people, you know, well, why, you know, why didn't we get a center? You know, why did Linder move? Um, you know, you got 50 million uh, excuses as, as to why. And, you know, unfortunately, we just we don't have a center. We weren't able to get Alex Mack because Cleveland owner is caught crazy. But, you know, right. well, um, Linder's the center now. So they got to work that out. Uh, Beecham, he, he doesn't seem to be ready. Um so you know that knee's probably still tender, and you know still trying to you know work the work to you know get it good and loose, and um, so you know we got to go with that, and you know that gives Jokel a chance to, to prove it. You know that if Jokel has a good season, you know most people want to get rid of him, but if he has a good season, then we don't you know we don't need to shore up that line. Right. You know hopefully he responds. You know that's what it's all about. It's about getting better. Right. And um, his footwork. Uh, there was a play. I think you tweeted it to me, or did I tweet it back to you? Um, where uh, oh, Dollar from got, camp? Yeah, yeah. I think Yannick beat him off the line, and Joko just got tied up in his footwork. That second step, you know, he got caught on his heel. And you can't play on your heels. Defensive ends, you know, they'll they'll come around that corner hard, regardless if they're a rookie or a twelve-year vet, and they're coming around hard. You're done if you get on that heel with my outside foot. So right, um, they'll uh, they'll definitely address that. But hey, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, overall they, they did pretty well. We know what the off the right side of the line is. Um, you know, there were some big gaping holes by uh, AJ on the can that were on that right side, and uh, we'll definitely uh, definitely see those. Uh, see, hope to see more of those. Yeah. Right. Well, and I guess the particularly with Jokel to be determined because Beecham hasn't even gotten a chance really to, to do anything. So um, and I'm excited about that guy. I really want to see that guy get some playing time. He seems like he's uh, totally a Gus Bradley type player, um, high energy and uh, fierce competitor uh, defense, uh, pass rush, uh, three sacks. So not bad. Uh, your guy, uh, the, the best player, defensive player on the team, Werner, had a sack. So that's good. Uh, our no, great, our biggest pickup this offseason. No, no comment. Uh, that was a, 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 a you know he he came around the edge. It was a, a hard fought sack, but it was definitely in the third quarter against uh, somebody that's the backup. So yeah, uh, Warner was drafted in the first round, so he should be you know kind of had a really big decline, especially his time with the Colts, and uh, you know hopefully he is able to do something. But you know he's got to make the team. He's got to earn a spot. You know. Uh, Definitely, we got some young guys. You know, obviously, you you know, the fans out there, you know who we have. We have Fowler, we have Yannick, we have uh, Malik Jackson. Uh, we, we got a, a ton of guys on the line. Uh, Jared, uh, oh, I, know, I always mispronounce his name. Oh, Odric or Odric. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have those guys on that line, man, and they're hungry. They're mean. Yeah. And that's exactly what we need. Um, it's just nasty mean guys hey per, uh guys that help other people up don't win ch- super bowl <laughs> that's so, great oh so in that case um who's the uh guy that we're uh looking to pick up uh the end from dallas um yeah what's his name the the end from the, oh greg hardy yeah greg hardy yeah. so in that case we need to just go ahead and sign Greg Hardy and just be done with it. I mean, uh, mean on the field and mean off the field are two totally different things. So, uh, 
<laughs> I don't know, man. That seems like the, uh, the strategy. I, t- I will tell you, and this is from like two weeks ago or something, when they had that, the workout, and I think it was Caldwell who was on the Gus Bradley show with Lagerman. Um, I don't. I'm pretty sure they're still looking at him, depending on how the preseason plays out. Like, because Lagerman kept kind of kind of celebrating the fact that they didn't sign Hardy, and then Caldwell would sort of come back and leave it open ended. And I don't know if that was because he didn't want to like offend the. Um, you know, the, the player or, or look bad for, you know, bashing a guy or offend the agent who maybe represents other people or whatever it is. But I don't know. I, I feel like depending on how the defense plays this preseason, I don't see, and this is me, risk reward. You can get them for a decent salary probably. Um, and not a lot guaranteed because of his history. I say maybe take a chance on him. And if you're, if you're feeling like your culture is really strong in the fourth year, I feel like you should be able to handle that, and if you can't handle it, you cut them and you're over with it. Yeah, they'll, uh, remember, besides the whole Tim Tebow thing, Caldwell has always kept options open. Uh, he's never been one like, you know, he's never shown his hand. You know? Right. Uh, he never shows his hand, which is which is good. That's what a GM has to do. So you, you got to remember that. Uh, obviously, there's some internal things that we don't know about, like you know, like you said, with the agent, you know, uh, doesn't want to, you know, disrespect or, uh, you know, hurt anybody's feelings. Um, who knows? Uh, but you know, he definitely has his, uh, his poker face and poker hand. Um, and also, you know, they're leaving it open because hey, they don't have much room. Right. Now, I don't know about Caldwell, but Gus Bradley definitely doesn't have any room. If they don't have a winning season this year. Uh, I mean, he might not have a job. Right. So, you know, they, they got to use every advantage they can. You know, they got to play every play every hand, you know, look at every player, evaluate, and say, can they help this team win? Right. Um, so that's what I think it is. Uh, it, it, it's more or less the uh, how the, the, the young defensive ends and linemen play. Uh, and, you know, if you can get certain guys uh, like the uh, – Jared Oger and the um, and you know those those guys to, to really get going and, and get some sacks and pressure because uh, that's what position uh, Greg Hardy would, would would play. He wouldn't play on the he wouldn't play on the on the, uh, the Leo the weak side. He would play on the strong side. Okay. Uh, so you know he's a, he's a bigger guy. He he's almost three hundred pounds. So he's not like the 270, 260 quick off the edge. Right. I don't know. I just feel like statistically, when you look at him being one of the top pass rushers in the last whatever amount of seasons, I mean, I don't know. Risk reward. I would take that chance and just see see what happens personally. But yeah, um, hey, get him on the team. Just get Telvin in front of him. Think, you know, get Telvin and a couple other ones in front of him and say, look, you know, don't don't mess this up. Do what you're supposed to do. If not, you know, then you got to go. Right. So. Uh, and I think Telvin's probably the best guy to do that. And we'll kind of finish here in a little bit on Telvin. But um, seems like he's definitely going to be one of the top leaders on the defense. Um, but Yannick, and just bear with me, Ngakwe, I'm pretty sure is how you pronounce it. I think I actually pasted it in my notes here with the pronunciation because I didn't want to butcher it. Um, that guy, I mean, is that guy going to be the steal? I mean, he looks pretty good. Yeah, the if if people you know if you see the Jags you know obviously we've had our early round picks, but our mid you know that third through the sixth round is so important. And I think Yannick was he a third round guy. I think so, yeah. Third round guy. I mean, they they really uh, did a, a fantastic job uh, this year. I know we didn't we haven't had a podcast about the draft or anything. This is our, our first one, but. You know, he seems like he can, you know, be really, you know, be really productive, you know, coming in on third down, subbing for a guy that needs a breather, uh, you know, playing, you know, filling some, filling in for someone while they're injured. That, that's what you need. That's what you draft. You don't draft a kicker. You draft somebody like that. Exactly. And, you know, they, I, I'm thinking he can, you know, the, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, you get him and Fowler going, he can, he can do it like Denver. Denver doesn't have set position lines. On third down, they just put four guys out there that can get to the quarterback. Exactly. They don't care what they, you know, just, hey, get to the quarterback. Exactly. So. Well, and you look at it, I, I pulled him up, six foot two, 255 pounds, drafted round three, pick 69, 
and he left as a junior and set the school record at Maryland with 13 and a half sacks. So, I mean, I think they're just trying to go after the high energy, like you said, pass rusher type guys. Let's figure out where to plug them later on. Let's just get the guys, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. But him and Fowler, I don't know. I'm pretty excited about that. How do you think Fowler looked? He looked pretty good. You know, he didn't have the, the big sack that uh, you know Yannick did, but Fowler had one play where it was a, a running play, and somebody came off the back end, like they came back around, and and uh, Fowler was crashing down on the line trying to tackle the running back, and they tried to clip him, which was crap because they could have taken his knee out. Right. But he was able to hop over that guy and still make the play. That, that's what that's what you're talking about. Yeah, the guy got the running back got two yards, but so what? You know, he, he made the play. So to um to to we need those sacks, we need those pressures, we need you know those third down, you know, third and eight get off the field. But that's also exciting when you see your DN coming down on the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so Telvin and Puzz and uh, Cyprian and and uh, Tayshawn Gibson, the safeties and linebackers aren't making the tackle. When you see the lineman making the tackle, that means he's getting two yards instead of four yards. Right. You know, second and eight and second and six are two totally different situations for an offense. Right. Um, so it'll definitely, it's definitely exciting to see that. I don't know. I was like weirded out by all the pressure. Like, is this with? Are you allowed to do this? Are you allowed to hit the quarterback? Is that within the rules? I didn't know that. I mean, it's crazy. Um, but I will say that. Dante Fowler, uh, I read something. Malik Jackson actually said he considers him to be Vaughn-esque. And so coming from a guy who played with that guy on a Super Bowl winning team, to have that kind of uh, reference made about you, that's probably a good sign. It, it, it is a good sign, and, and definitely, you know, hopefully Fowler will, you know, he seems like, he, from what I've seen, read, and heard, student of the game, and definitely is trying to learn his craft and and. He was involved the entire time while he was injured during the offseason, so he's another one. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Getting you know two young guys, one in his second year, technically his first, and the other one a rookie that's just getting after the quarterback. Uh, you know, we can only go up from that. Right. A, a defensive end that can get after the quarterback changes an entire defense. The way you have to play, it changes an entire offense, too. You always have to worry about them. Right. Well, and kind of sticking, I mean, the theme, honestly, when we keep talking about all these different guys on the defensive side, especially, is kind of like the, the same mentality. So, like, Miles Jack, another guy that got praised by Wash and Bradley for being physical and, you know, being a guy that, that stays late and studies the game. And, and so he, you know, after his junior year, um, or his first appearance since his junior year at UCLA, he played 29 snaps. He had that personal foul. Um, but for the most part, I think you would be okay with that considering the fact that he was, you know, totally plugged into the game, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He had one, uh, he had one play where he hit somebody and it was, it was a pretty good pop, you know, and that's what we, that's what we need. You know, we need some good pops, you know, you go back to the highlight films of the last four years. Do you have any, any Jags defensive uh, players that are hitting somebody and knocking them off their feet? Not really. No. So he'll definitely bring that edge. Still got to learn. Still a long learning curve, you know. Uh, Paz will definitely, you know, uh, teach him, um, teach him how to play the position, uh, get him in the right spots. That's where he, uh, uh, his over aggressiveness will probably uh, be the thing he has to look out for his rookie year is not get put in, uh, put out of position by quarterbacks and, and, and offenses. Uh, but if he if he's in the right position, he can man. What a, 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 a one-two pickup uh, yep. in the second round between Ramsey and him. Yep. Um, you know, Ramsey didn't play. Obviously, they're you know being precaution because of the knee. But uh, that that would be a, a say if uh, if he's able to Miles Jack, if he's able to stay healthy, and uh, you know it seems like he's doing just fine. So it'll just be a work in progress, man. It takes time. And I will say, like you know, Puzz, Miles Jack, same mentality. Puzz, if, if something happens to Gus Bradley, and I actually like Gus Bradley, I'd like for him to stay on and for us to do well. Um, Puzz might be the first, or at least maybe there has been one of these before, I don't know, in the NFL history, but first player coach, like I would totally be okay with hiring that guy as head coach. I mean, he has all the great tendencies. I mean, the guy definitely has a future in coaching. I mean, just based on what you read about him and, and how much he supports his teammates. I mean, think about it. He's training and teaching the guy who's going to be his replacement, and it doesn't bother him one bit. 
because he's a constant professional. Right. You know, he's a, 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 a player that looks at it from a whole perspective of the team, not just himself. So, yeah, that, that would definitely be, you know, if he, he goes into coaching, that would be his calling. But, you know, I, I want him to stay on the field and put us in the right position to make plays. Uh, there were a couple of defensive plays where we uh, we got out of source and, and uh, you know, they're not sure whose fault it was, whether if it was uh, Telvin or Paz. Uh, the, the, the Jets ran back-to-back plays with tight ends, you know, dragging down the middle of the field. You know, um, and they, they got behind the linebackers, the, the drops on one. Telvin jumped the other tight end route. Looks like he was going to run a little shake route, but he just stopped. Telvin jumped it and then tight end went right behind him but I don't know if he was supposed to drop or Paz was supposed to follow the tight end but it happened on back to back plays so they'll have to clean that up and and um, you know those are things you know like I said young team over aggressive the, the, the offense is going to try to get you out of position so you you know you're, in your athletic ability and your ability to make tackles doesn't matter because you're not even near the play right so right. That that's one thing they'll they'll have to address. And besides that, yeah, like I said, it's preseason, two, you know, one game. You know, hey, I'd rather see it now than than the uh, first game of the season. Well, like I said, I I've seen enough. I think Super Bowls in our future. But anyway, um, Telvin Smith, uh, quick on him. Uh, you can. There's actually a good blog out there. I won't get into it too much. Hayes Carlin from the Times Union. Had some good quotes from him. Just, again, another totally uh, team-oriented guy. He had five tackles. I mean, you heard his name constantly throughout the broadcast. But to kind of finish the the podcast and maybe do this once a week, maybe like a tweet of the week kind of thing, um, Jalen Ramsey sat out the game, but he definitely did not sit out on Twitter. Uh, there was an article I, I saw this morning uh, titled, Jaguars rookie Jalen Ramsey trolls Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and apparently, um, there was a play where they got burned. And so Jalen Ramsey tweets, family at Benny Cunningham showing them boys, what's up, LOL. And they passed on me at four and then 10 different emojis after that. What do you think about that? Cause I'm pretty sure he should <laughs> like shut Twitter down. Probably. That's not a good idea. You know, the, the good ones don't shut up. <laughs> Um, on defense, you, you know they run their mouths uh, for, for the most part, and you have to. That, that's that swag, that edge that the defense has been missing. Me personally, I don't mind it because you know, hey, Dallas did pass on. You know, uh, Dallas is, again. That's why I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan. Right, right. <laughs> because, yeah, dumb stuff like that. But <laughs> hey, we got them, and uh, that, that's definitely great. Um, it's going to take a, a, a lot of uh, it's going to take a, a, a you know a lot of learning for him as far as you know playing a position at the NFL level. But he's more than capable. He processes a lot, and you know even at, when he was at FSU for the for the FSU fans out there, we know he would get up in someone's face. He he ran his mouth. He you know and he can back it up when he can back it up. Hey, as long as you're not personally attacking anybody, right. Cares, you know, run a little trash, you know, talk a little trash. They they passed on him. They drafted Ezekiel Elliott. So we'll see how that works out for them, for Dallas, and and for us. Hey, we got the cornerback that we, we we desperately wanted and needed. So yep. No, and don't get me wrong. I think that's hilarious, and I want all of them to tweet things like that because it gives us something to talk about. And yeah, it is good. I mean, he could be. I mean, keep in mind Ezekiel Elliott. I think there was something out there about him and some domestic issues. Uh, I don't know what exactly it was, but some, some kind of legal issues. And I'd much rather have the guy, you know, trash talking on Twitter than having legal issues. You know what I mean? So, you know, Justin Blackman could have done much better off by just, you know, just hanging out on social media all night versus what he was doing. So, um, so yeah, I like it. I think it's, I think it's funny. Um, I'm excited to see him get on the field and, uh, I don't know, man, I think, uh, I think we got a pretty good team. I think this year is the year. I am pretty confident in terms of record, and I guess I won't make any predictions, and we can maybe make predictions before the season actually starts. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's definitely a, a, a work in, in progress. Uh, our schedule is uh, it's going to be you know pretty good, so uh, definitely looking forward to that and, and winning some ball games. But uh, at the same time, definitely want to see some 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 uh, 
you know, just positive momentum going up. You know, they, we've got the coaching staff. They're, they're great. Uh, I don't want to see Gus leave either. So I don't think he's going to. I think they're really going to turn it around this year. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm excited for the running game. That's what I can't wait for. Yep. Because I'm telling you, you, you think we were able to take some deep shots down the field. If we can run the ball, just wait how many we're able to take if we can get the running game going. Yep. Because, you know, safeties and those linebackers are going to come up and Allen Robinson one-on-one with almost every DB in the league just about is a, is a W for right. us. Right, right. So... I don't know. I'm probably going to go ahead and order my Ngakwe t-shirt jersey. So if you want me to, to get you one, I can do that. Uh, t-shirt jersey, I feel like, is okay for grown men. I feel like, you know, regular jerseys. Eh. Yeah, you can get away in a regular jersey if you're going to the game. It's if you're wearing it every day, like taking your wife or your girlfriend to the movies. <laughs> and you're wearing your football jersey. There may be a little bit of a problem there. But. Yeah. Side note, not Jaguars related. You saw the story about the guy who was wearing, like, the Michael Jordan full-on outfit on the court. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, did you see Michael Jordan hooked him up with, like, two boxes of, like, legit Jordan gear? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The guy is autistic, too, so if everybody oh. met him at that video, yeah. look, now he got a bunch of Jordan stuff, <laughs> the man himself, and for everybody that made fun of him, I, I didn't make fun of him, I was like, wow, you know, and then when I heard he was autistic, I'm like, hey, that's you know, that, that's his thing, that's what he does. So yeah. He got, he got hooked up. You know, people wish they had that box too. <laughs> no, I thought it was pretty cool. But uh, but anyway, so again, we'll be back in, in about a week or so. Um, if anything crazy happens, we might be back sooner than that. Uh, but we both uh, appreciate you guys listening to Down by the Bank. Um, if you could like us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, it's just at Down by the Bank, all one word. Uh, you'll be able to see when new episodes are out. Um, definitely subscribe on iTunes. Um, the uh, RSS feed comes from SoundCloud, so we're on SoundCloud as well. Um, but mostly, if you could, just to kind of get us started and get us up the rankings, if you could rate and review us on iTunes, that would be hugely helpful. Uh, so we'll see you guys next week. All right, take care.